Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Money, money matters. Uh, money, money is really, really important. Uh, money is really, really important. Okay, so we're starting a, a series called Money Matters, God's Financial Plan. Now, money is more than just an economic, uh, economic issue. It's, it's something Jesus spoke a lot about because He said where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And two-thirds of Jesus' parables was about money. And the Bible has more than 700 direct references to money that we see. So money is something the Bible speaks about a lot. And it is important, and we're going to discover why is it so important. Um, and we're going to see why money is this popular subject because money is the window to your heart. So why is money important? Because it really reflects what's happening in your heart. And we're going to see that. And how we handle money exposes our values and priorities. So the way you deal with it, the places you invest it, the places you give it out, shows your priorities. It shows your values. So just think of the last week. Where has your money gone? Where do you spend your money? Where do you use most of your money? What is your priority on? School fees. <laughs> on school fees. <laughs> uh, on school fees. I'm also on school fees. House? Tax. Wow. <laughs> so money is important. We're going to discover more of it. I actually thought of using a prop this evening. Um, but I'm not sure if it was going to work. I wanted to give about five people 200 rand uh, to put in their pockets. And then I was going to act like a whole miracle is happening. And people are going to start jumping and saying, we received 200, we received 200. And everybody's going to think God is, God is putting money in people's pockets. And then I thought, no, let me not do this as we start a financial series. Because those things, those things are, hey, guys, do it. There's people that do it. I won't be the first. That can get every nation into the Namibian. <laughs> Guys, we can get some, some uh, what do you get, publicity by, by pulling off a stunt like that. So our view of money and our emotions towards money reveal where our trust is. And somehow money, money has, this it has this ability to get us worried. I don't know if you've ever experienced it. Money is this way of getting us anxious and getting us worried. And I'm... I'm I think God has made me preach this sermon because I'm guilty of worrying about money. I, I get anxious about money. Luckily, God has really been working with me over the last year, uh, last year when we were planning the money, and, and, and Joanna is the primary recipient of my anxiousness. And it doesn't come out with the fruit of the Spirit, meaning gentle. It comes out worrying. And so money has this way of getting me worried. And over the last uh, year, God has really been assisting me on how to more and more trust in Him. But, um, but it has gotten me really, really anxious. And what it really exposes, what I really think happening in my life, is I think I'm more dependent on money than I think. I think I'm more relying on it. I trust more in it. I'm seeking more of it than I really, really seek to God. And, and God has really been showing me that on, on how to shift that. And I'm going to show you why God used 
God and money. There's a reason for those two things. So God, uh, yeah, so God has really been helping me um, over the last year to deal with anxiety in money and the worry of money and the worry of paying things and the worry of doing things. And, and you know what God has done also in this in, when I came to Vintuk is He increased my vision. Now, that's a, that's a straight contradiction because now I have these greater dreams that needs greater money, but I'm anxious about money. So it's been really a battle how God is increasing what He wants me, what he wants me to do and what I want to see in my life. But I know on this side as well, I'm, I'm really, really growing in trusting God when it comes to money. And there's this, there's this verse in the Bible that says, bread is for laughter, uh, wine is for gladness, and money answers everything. You'll go and read it. It's in, what's that book, e e e Ecclesiastics. It's right there. Somewhere in chapter, I'll give it to you. If you want to know it, if you think it's not biblical, ask me. Um, I don't preach anything that's not in the Bible. So, you know, it says money answers everything. And I, I thought to myself, man, this will be great. Imagine infinite money just coming my way. I think all my needs and all my things are just answered. I won't have a problem. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'll be struggling with anxiety. I don't know. I think I'll, I'll have everything. I'll have everything that I desire. The things that I go to the shop and then I just look at, I can just able to walk in and buy it. If, if I had all the money. But in a world where there's no God, that would have been possible. So, because if there's no God, I, I want to say that I'm assured that the next thing we would have been primarily dependent on is money. If there was no God, the thing, and, and you see it now, people serving money. People living for money, dependent upon money. But you see, why money and God is so important to talk about is because both of the things sustains us. It's just to which side are you leaning? Money sustains us, buying us food, buying us clothing, buying us cars or housing, whatever sustains you, whatever looks after you. But God does the exact same thing. And therefore, those two are wrestling because you can either be on this side wanting to depend on money. And you know when you're depending on money, it doesn't mean you, you don't need to earn a lot. You don't need to have a lot to depend on money. Even in your lack, you can become so anxious showing that if you can just get money, you'll be fine. And therefore, those two stand in wrestling with each other because both maintain us, both sustain us. But it's just to which side are you leaning? And so let's, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to just lay it out, showing the anxiousness of money. Then I'm going to show why I think we become anxious about money. And then I'm going to show you what you should do instead. And if we have done those three things, I'll give you three principles to biblical prosperity. Quick principles. <laughs> But the greatest time we will focus on the anxiousness of money, why does that happen, and what you should do instead of being anxious about money. Amen. Okay, so let's go to the main text. In Luke 12, verse 22 to 34, and it reads as follows. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, 
what you will put on. For life is more than food, the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And of which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not, seek what you are not, do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags and that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens and that does not fail, where there no thief approaches, no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Tell your neighbor, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But that will not be what we are talking about today. Just good to tell your neighbor. <laughs> so why shouldn't we be anxious? Why shouldn't we be anxious? I have two reasons. Why shouldn't we be anxious? Let's just read this again. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. The King James Version says, Do not give thought for your life. Do not even consider it. Do not even worry about your life. You see, because our lives are not measured by our possessions. Our lives are not measured by our possessions. It's not measured by what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, what car you drive, what house you live in. That's not what success is measured by. So if Jesus said, life is more than the body, and more than, if life is more than food and clothes is more than the body, what is he referring to? Because, see, we have a, we have a saying, saying to someone, this person has made it in life. What do we refer to? His possessions. What do you refer to? The, 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 the education. And there's nothing wrong with it. I need you to understand that I'm not saying you shouldn't study and you shouldn't have money and you shouldn't have food and you shouldn't have clothes. But our, our success is not measured by our possessions. And before Jesus told the disciples that he told the parable about the rich fool, and that's when he told them, your life is not measured by your possessions. But we have the saying that this person has made it in life. They're, even a, they, they're not even a Christian, and we can say that to someone. This person has made it in life. And what we are mainly referring to is possessions. But if Jesus in the parable above said that your life is more than the body, ach, more than, life is more than food, and your body 
is more than clothing. If life is more than food and the body more than clothing, if it's that, that I think Jesus is referring to the natural. So if it's more than that, he says, it's the supernatural. What's your life? It's the eternal life. What's the food that you should be concerned about? It's the bread of life. The living water dwelling inside of you. That's what you should be concerned about. That's the life you should be having. It's not what you eat and what you drink. The question is, is the living water inside of you? Is the bread of life living in you? Are you eating from that? Are you drinking from that? Are you not clothed merely by clothes, but are you clothed by the strength and the refuge of the Almighty? Are you hiding in the shadow of the Almighty? Are you clothed with Him? Or are you more concerned about being what you're going to eat? Are you going to be at, I don't know, Ocean Basket tonight or somewhere else? What, what's going to be on my plate? Or are you more concerned about Jesus living inside of you? What are you concerned about? What are you anxious about? Because Jesus says life is more than that. It's more than that. The real food, the real life is Jesus inside of us. That's the real life. That's the eternal life. You can have all the food, all the clothing, and all the stuff. But if you don't have Jesus, Jesus said to the rich fool, you said you're going to put storehouses and you're going to eat and be merry. He says, tonight your soul is demanded from you. Tonight your life and it will determine your eternity is demanded from you. Are you busy storing up? storing up, but you're not storing up eternal life in you. You're not storing up the living water, the bread of life inside of you. So that's one reason why I want to tell you that you shouldn't be anxious because life is more than just clothing and food and cars and housings. And as much as we need them, I'm going to show you as much as God wants to do that, it shouldn't be top priority. It should never be primary. It should never be. Because remember again, the wrestling. Those things, we are in our minds saying, they are the things that sustain us. And God says, no, I want to be your food. I want to be your housing. I want to be your water. I want, I want you to feed from me. I want to provide for you. And we're going to see how the natural comes from that. So why shouldn't you be anxious? Because your life is worth more than food, right? Secondly, why you shouldn't be anxious is because anxiety doesn't change your situation. I've learned this over the last year, that anxiety, all it changes is our house mood. That's all it changes. It changed my wife's attitude towards me because I came in worrying and fighting and, oh man, the bank is empty or whatever it may be. And I get anxious about that, but it hasn't changed my situation. Help me not feel alone. Who of you have been worried about money? You have been worried about money all the time? We're going to pray for you. <laughs> Don't worry. I've been also worrying all the time. But who of you have changed your situation by trusting in Jesus? But we default to anxiety. But when we step into Jesus... Him being our life, Him being our sustainer, somehow it comes true. doesn't make sense. Though it does make sense. But why do we do that? 
So anxiety doesn't change our situation. When we become uneasy, however you may experience it, uh, when you become uneasy or you become worried or your mind becomes occupied, uh, occupied by everything, so you become so worrisome, but it hasn't changed your situation. It hasn't, changed, it does, it, it hasn't filled your bank account. And I don't think God provides from a point of anxiety because it shows your trust. Just again, if I can have that little bit of money, I'll be okay again. And so if we get it, we just go back to sustain, being sustained or being trusted, trusting in money. Who of you have had anxiety, anxiety attacks or something like that? So anxiety attacks have a way of, of choking you, right? It has a way of messing with your chest. I don't know who of you experienced that when you get anxiety, right? So that's what anxiety does. So anxiety wants to choke the truth of God out of you. It wants to lie to you. It wants to show you that what you need is to sustain yourself. It wants to tell you that God is not your bread. He's not your sustainer. He's not looking after you. He's not clothing you. You're not remaining in His refuge. Go and do and work it out yourself. So that's what anxiety does. So those are my two reasons for why we shouldn't be anxious. Because one, your life is worth more. More than what you eat, more than what you drink, your life is about Jesus inside of you. And secondly, anxiety doesn't change our situation, but rather trusting in Jesus changes your situation. Alright? So here's, here's five reasons why I think we become anxious. Five reasons you better write, or you better remember. Five reasons. Yes, well, let's go there first. And consider the ravens, let me read here, and they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? Let's just start there. No, let's read everything. Consider the lilies, they grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God is so close the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? And, and, do not seek, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations and the world seek after these, these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Five things out of this passage why we worry. First, we don't know our value in Jesus. We don't know our value in Jesus. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, just listen. But you are the chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim his excellencies in him who called you out of the darkness into marvelous lights. That is who you are. And that is why we worry, because we don't know our identity in Christ. It's why we worry. It's why we worry. Secondly, why do we worry? Because we don't consider... How God is busy sustaining the earth. Hear what God tells Job. Let me just read it here. Hear what God tells Job. This is, just go and read it for yourself as well. Where, where, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined the measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon, upon it? And who were its base, uh, on what were its bases sunk? Or who laid the corner, its cornerstone? When the morning starts to sing together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Or have you 
has seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. What is the way? What is the way to the place where the light is distributed? Or where is the east wind scattered upon the earth? And he goes on, can life, can you lift up the voice of the clouds that the floods of the waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightning that they may go and say to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom or who can tilt it with water skins of heavens? Can you hunt, can you hunt the prey for the lion and satisfy the appetite of young lions? When they crouch in their dens and lie, or lie in wait for their thicket, who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry for God for help and wonder or for a lack of food? Do you pause? Do you pause? Do you pause in your house? Do you pause in the bed and consider how God has been sustaining everything? Do you sit and ponder that the world is functional now and you're sitting here and listening and doing nothing? <laughs> Have you considered this? Do you consider how God, do you consider God's providence, meaning God's unseen hand, how He's busy with what you're not even seeing? God could be busy with a hundred things in your life and you'll only be noticing one. Are you considering that? You're considering that? Thirdly, my time is going here. All right. Thirdly, why I think we worry is because we have a lack of faith. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, and the hearing through the word of Christ. Do you read? Do you read this? Do you read? If, if you would read, you would have read what I've read, and you would have understood that this is what God is doing while you're sitting and doing nothing. He's commanding the rain somewhere to go, thunder to strike, light to come up, sun to go down. It's all functional in His, in his hands. Are you considering it? Are you reading your words so you can understand what it means to trust in God? Then fourthly is we seek after the things of the world. It said there that, and do not seek what you are to eat for all the nations of the world seeks after these things. But those who desire to be rich will fall into temptation. Not those who are rich, those who desire. If that's your primary focus, is money, you'll fall into temptation. It, it goes on to say, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. What that means is, if we seek after all the things the world is seeking, we're seeking a certain standard of life. We're, we're measuring. We're measuring. And I was in the week asking around, like, you know, how do we even determine poverty because how do we determine what's what's poverty where's the poverty line and there's statistics for us but if what's poverty so where's the standard does it continue and continue and continue it's just more and more and more so we shouldn't seek after things that would cause us to fall into temptation i'm going to show you how that works as well and then lastly we um it says there for all the nations seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Your Father knows that you need them. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your Heavenly Father give you? It's one of the reasons why we get so anxious, because you don't know the Father. You don't know the God in heaven sitting on the throne saying, if you who are evil know how to do good to each other, how much more will I do for you? How much more will I provide for you? How much more? It says, how, how much more? In Deuteronomy it says, I take pleasure in prospering you. Obey me, turn to me, love me wholeheartedly, and I take pleasure in, in, in rewarding the fruit of your labor. So do you know the Father? Do you know the Father? Instead, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. So why shouldn't we be anxious? Because life is worth more. Secondly, anxiety doesn't change your situation, but trusting in Jesus does. And then we have these five reasons for why I think we get anxious. And you could be one of them or you could do all five of them. But instead, this is what we should do. Instead, seek the kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches or no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what should you do instead? Seek the kingdom. Why? Because there's a promise here. This is not a, not a suggestion. If you'll seek the kingdom, I'll see if I'll give you, I'll add these things. Jesus said, if you seek the kingdom, I will add these things to you. I will sustain you. The great thing about seeking the kingdom is that it sustains you in two ways. Spiritually and naturally. But only seeking on the natural, there's no eternal life. But seeking the kingdom of God first sustains you spiritually because you're all about Jesus. You're all about what He wants. And on this side, He says, I'll add what you need. Just be about my kingdom. And I'll add what you need. Just seek my kingdom. So I hope, you can see the, I hope you can see the benefit in that. I hope you can see like there's like a double portion in that. Seek the kingdom and you will also be nourished um, spiritually as well. So that's, that's what we should, okay, sorry. So instead, this is what you should do. That was just the intro. So instead, this is what we should do. Instead, we should be for salvation for all. Instead of being anxious about the world, get God's heart in 1 Timothy 2 who says, God who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Can we be worried about that? Can we instead of worrying about money, being worrying about people going to hell? Can we instead be concerned about the fruit of the Spirit in our personal lives? Can we instead, in, in Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Before you worry about money, can you worry if you're Christ-like? Can you just seek instead, look to the kingdom and say, God, am I like it is in heaven? Because in heaven there's all joy, there's self-control. Instead of seeking after money, can we be concerned about world missions? Can we concern, go therefore to and make disciples of all nations? Can we instead love one another? 
By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Can we instead do these things that are kingdom focused? Because we are more busy with our individual's lives. I, I want, like, can you, are you loving the people here in a way that if a stranger walks in, they will say, you're surely disciples of Jesus. Are you intentionally doing that? Or have you walked in, sit down, worship, stand up and leave? Are you busy loving this? Because that's kingdom focus. That's looking at the kingdom and saying, God, this is what you command us. This is what it looks like in heaven. There's love that's unconditional. There's love that doesn't change. Can we instead be busy with that? Can we instead get money bags that doesn't grow weary? Or they don't want to say money bags that, that doesn't grow old? Who of you invest? Who of you save? Both hands. Save? Yeah, like save, invest, or you save, you save. Have you ever saved? So, oh yeah, you save, right? Who, who, has any, have you ever saved? Okay, if you have ever saved, right, you are aware you have savings. Those of you who invest, you know, if I had to ask you now, you know you have investments, right? And you know where they're invested in, right? Do you have kingdom investments? Do you know about them? What do you have in heaven? So if you, saw, if you, if you leave earth now, what do you have in heaven? What is stored up in heaven for you when you leave? If you know the natural things, if you know where your investments are here, do you know about your investments up there? What are they? Your pension. What's your pension in heaven like? Because your pension on earth is going to perish. But your pension in heaven will not perish. But what are we busy with? Because if you're not busy with kingdom things, one of the things that I know is treasures in heaven is souls. That I'm assured of. I read the scripture. Is a soul. So you're presenting someone. Saying, Lord, I've let and discipled this person. One of, our, one of our treasures. So, yeah. So do you have assurance? That was my question. Do you have assurance of your investments in heaven? That's the question. So instead of being anxious about your worldly things, do you have it in heaven? Or are you... The person that the Bible describes that you were saved by. Like everything was burning down and luckily you got in. Or are you going in with a house built? Is your treasure in heaven? Are you leaning towards trusting in earth and the money and everything here? Or are you on God's side trusting in God? And this can, God can help you with this. So, Next time they give us more hours and more time, we can talk about how this looks like in your workplace. But go and ask God, how can I get treasures? How can I invest eternally by just working daily? What is it that I'm doing? How do I focus on you daily to invest in kingdom? So can we instead, instead of being anxious, be concerned and seeking after the kingdom of God? And you know what God says? He says, um, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God delights in giving you the kingdom. Don't be fearful. God knew we we're going to worry about money. He knew we we're going to worry about this earthly things. But He said, do not fear, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you 
the kingdom. For where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Where's your treasure? Where's your investment tonight? Where's your investment? Again, if you look over the last four weeks, where's your investment? Let me just give you the three principles of prosperity, if that's why you came, not for the rest of the message, being dependent on Christ, but you just want the principles. One principle of prosperity, it's here. It says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Let me see how I get to that. Move. Uh, the principle of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. Give and it will be given to you. So selling, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Somehow you need to get to give. Right? So just be a channel. Get to give. Get to give. So that's the channel. That's the first principle of prosperity in the Bible. Secondly, it's having the right priorities. Secondly, it's having the right priorities. Just what we read now. But first, seek the kingdom. Instead of being worried, seek the kingdom. Instead of, be about God's business. Be about Him. Seek Him. And thirdly, a principle of prosperity is, don't be lazy. So what I'm teaching is not a passiveness. What I'm teaching is a dependent upon God, and He will do the rest. So it says, lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Who of you are mere talk? <laughs> always talking about your dreams, always talking about things, but you're not even writing it down. You haven't even taken a step to write it, to see what's the first plan, what's the first step, what can I achieve in the next three months, what do I want to achieve in the next three days in order to get to that. So if you want biblical prosperity, those are three principles. But one I want you to desire more is to be concerned if Jesus is sustaining you or is you're, 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 you're seeking after money. What are you more hungry for? For the bread of life? For the living water? For the riches of this world? And it's good to invest. Invest Look after yourself. It's biblical. You need to invest. You need to look for the next generation. But just make sure that you have investments in heaven as well. Where it, There's no stock market where it can fail. It's nothing. It, can, it cannot go away. It's there. You know, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor. So that by his poverty, you might become rich. Rich to hoard? No, rich to give. To be richly in giving. Our Jesus is a giver. He gave his life. He gave up the kingdom. Imagine the kingdom. I hope you're going to heaven. If you're not, let's pray for you. Because in heaven, imagine he gave all that up. I don't know what's the nicest place you've ever been in life. Imagine giving that up and coming back to reality. Sometimes it's a Sunday service for me. Man, this place is just like heaven. And then when we go out there, all my stuff is just real again. <laughs> That's why you must keep the atmosphere here and there the same. And it helps. So let's just stand and then I, I want to just close for us. Yeah. So I want to assure you that your life is worth more than you think. It's, a lot, it's worth a lot more. 
And by being anxious, and I know what it feels like to be anxious, and maybe you know what it feels like to be anxious, but it doesn't change our situation. It doesn't change our situation. And if, if one of those reasons were you why you're anxious, either you don't know your value in Christ, or you're lacking in faith, or you're seeking after the worldly things, so you don't know your Father, just go and sit with Him and allow God to just nourish you because He's looking for you and He's looking to prosper you and looking to provide for you. And instead of being anxious, can we just be about the kingdom? Because then the promise follows. This is the crucial part. It doesn't work anywhere else. We can't reverse that sentence. Seek the kingdom and He will add these things to you. Yeah, so Lord, I just want to thank you for this evening, God. And I want to thank you that, Lord, as we kick off this money series, God, that you just help us to sustain be sustained by you, God. The living water, God. The bread of life. Father, and we choose you over and again and again over anything else, Father. Whether money or anything else we're trusting in in this moment, God. It says that you are preeminent, Lord. You are first and there's no second. And Father, I know that there are people probably sitting here and saying, but man, it's not answering my shortage. It's not answering how I get out of my feeling and out of how I'm feeling and what I'm going through out of my Father and I just pray that you come and comfort because Father it says that you you clothe us God you sustain us and so Lord may we always remember what you did for us Jesus that you became poor so that we might be rich and rich in giving God and Father I pray just for those three principles that I just mentioned, God. But I pray we will become a giving people, God. Because then you can see that we're a channel to give more. God, and I pray that we will keep the kingdom and not to be passive, Lord. Father, help us not to wait and wait and not do anything about our situation, God. But Lord, I pray because of our trust in you, God, we will actually act. And so, Lord, I just want to bless the people, Father, and I thank you, God, that we will hunger and thirst for you more than anything else in this world, Lord. God, and I pray from this day forward, God, we will be concerned if we have treasures in heaven. That we have the right investment. And that's the investment in heaven where nothing can steal it, God. But one day we'll come and enjoy it up there, Lord. So, God, I just pray that you remove anxiety. I just want to pray for those who have anxiety, God, when it comes to finances. And Father, I pray that you place a new trust in them, God. That you are the God who provides. That you are the God who delights in prospering His people. The God who was willing to become poor so that we may become rich. 
Father, I just thank you, Lord, that we just live a life not worried about this life. Lord, I just thank you for you sustaining us. I just really thank you, God, that you sustain us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.